You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. We're delighted you're with us. Uh, just before I start, I just want to say two, two things, if I can, if I can remember. Um, the first one is Abby just mentioned about having 10 spaces for Cause to Live For. Basically, it's a conference that's aimed at young adults. How do you define a young adult? I think technically I'm not going to go, but hey, we, we go every year. Um, and it's great. And it's, I think it's really good just in terms of like the, the values in the heart and for us to go as a community. So they were talking this week nationally about they, they need a number of people to serve on team. And I was like, they had 10 spaces. I, we'll, we'll take all 10. So um, just because I want to find excuses to get you there. So if you want to go and you want to go free, and you're like, I don't quite fit in that age group, but you're happy to, like, I don't know, do a bit of car parking or serve a cup of tea or whatever it is, then like come but I've, I've got to let them know by tomorrow because they're like you don't need 10 I was like no we need 10 no, just in case you want to come so let us know today uh, the other thing is I, I don't want to be weird for some of you who have just joined us in this room for the first time I don't want to be weird with you but I also do want to say you know when you do something like a baptism it's like a major step for people and there's a, there's a bit of a spiritual thing with that and as much as I believe in Jesus I also believe that there can be a resistance to it and it always find it very interesting the timing of just multiple things that then collide and so I just wanted to start if I can just by have a moment I just want to pray for the guys getting baptised because I've, I've seen enough over the last week to think oh maybe it's because we're doing baptisms there's just a bit of resistance to that so let's just pray for you, you might want to pray in your own head but Lord I just want to pray for the guys getting baptised today we celebrate them and we celebrate the decisions and the journey of discipleship that they've made that they have chosen you and so I just pray over their hearts, over their minds, over their lives, over their circumstances this coming week. Lord, just a, just a cloak of protection over them, a hedge and a wall of protection around them. Lord, we lift them to you now. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon them. Empower them, anoint them, protect them, encourage them. In the same way as we would at a wedding when a couple get married, we say, as, you know, as their friends and family, we want to cheer them on and stand alongside them. Lord, we do the same this morning. We make that active choice to, to cheer them on, to encourage them, to walk alongside them. Father, bless them, we pray. Amen. You know, one of the things that we're always trying to do as a church is to create environments for people to explore. Jesus, and today we have the remarkable joy and privilege of hearing some of these guys tell their story of how they found and how they encountered him. All of them will be slightly different, they'll all interweave their own personality, but ultimately they've all come to know Jesus in what I would say two ways. Okay, firstly as their saviour and secondly as their Lord. I'll explain a bit more about what I mean by that in a moment, but I, I just want to explain to some of you who may be new or newer in a room like this kind of what's just happened because it can all be a little bit odd some of you will come in here and think well this is like some kind of mass karaoke where you don't really know the words and you're facing the front and it's a bit strange and uh you're singing songs that you've never heard of and you're kind of like what have i 
just come to, well, can I just prepare you for the fact that this is not the end of your new experiences for today? Because somehow I'm going to try and explain to you what we're about to do in a minute, that there's a few people in this room who have recently discovered Jesus, and they're going to share a bit of their story, and then they're going to get into a hot tub, and then Steph and I, at their request and with their encouragement, are going to dump them under the water for a very brief period of time, hopefully, and then they will come back up, a load of people will cheer, then we'll come back in here and do a bit more karaoke, then we will pray for them, and then they will all, we'll all go home, and then the majority of us will come back and do that next week, apart from the hot tub bit. And so, I wonder if you may now realise why for some of you who are new in the room, but actually for all of us, it kind of makes sense that we just do a little bit of explaining as to what we're doing. So I mentioned earlier, I think there's two things. Firstly, when we give our lives to Jesus, he becomes our saviour, but then secondly, he becomes our Lord. You know, we accept Jesus as our saviour. Well, we, we do when we realise that we need saving. And so often we can bumble along in life and we go about our everyday routines and then something catches our attention and we realise, hang on a minute, maybe there's a little bit more to life than I previously foresaw. Maybe there's a bigger picture. For some people that understanding would be actually maybe there is a God and not only that, but a God who wants to have relationship with us. And the guys that we're going to baptise today have come to that realisation. And as a result of coming to that realisation, it's changed the direction of their lives and it's started them on a journey of changing everything about them. For some of them, that is literally very, very fresh. And uh, when we come to that moment of saying, kind of like, hang on a minute, there's, as these guys have done and in the process of giving their lives to Jesus, um, what they're kind of saying is, my way of doing things is not working, and I want to surrender God to yours, and I need you, and I want relationship with you. Now, when you come to that moment and that realisation, a great question to ask is, well then, what next? I've come to this moment of like, now what? Does that make sense? Because I think that is what happens, and actually the, the more inquisitive among us would have probably worked that out, but some of us kind of just then bumble into the, the next thing. Well, I think it's really interesting, a similar thing happened, and happens, and we read it in multiple places in the Bible, but at a time called Pentecost, it was basically this moment in time where the Holy Spirit descended onto Jesus' disciples and all in that place and that group of people were gathered in Jerusalem and that was one of the questions that they were asking is what am I supposed to do now and this guy Peter gives them a very clear answer and it says it in the Bible in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 let me just read it to you it says this Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles brothers what should we do that's exactly the same question I think these guys are asking. They're starting to ask the question, as, okay, we've, we've heard about this Jesus, but now what do we do? What do we actually do about that? And Peter replies to them, he says this, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness.
forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Really simply, he's kind of saying two things. Basically, turn your life around and follow God, and then get drenched in some water. And somehow with the passage of time and over many, many generations, we've, we've taken something that I think is fairly straightforward and made it a bit more complicated. But according to Peter on the day of Pentecost, according to Jesus and to Paul and to the apostles, the right response to the gospel, the right response to the good news of Jesus was repentance and baptism. And repentance basically means turning around. It's a complete U-turn. I don't know if any of you have ever driven the, the wrong way down a one-way street. You kind of know about it fairly soon. But I know somebody, and I'm not going to mention their name, and, but, but basically they're kind of like my height, my build, and pretty much look like me and have the same car as me. But obviously this is a long time ago and it wasn't me, so don't judge me. But um, I know somebody who, to save time, sometimes actually driven the wrong way down the wrong way, but rather than doing it forwards, they've reversed, because then it looks like they're not doing something wrong or naughty. They're still breaking the rules, it's just a little bit less naughty. Well, it depends how you see it, but anyway, obviously that person has repented of that. But repenting involves a changing of direction. But actually a changing of direction doesn't do it. It also involves a changing of your mindset. If I don't change my mindset, uh, if this person doesn't change their mindset, they're going to keep finding that they're heading in the wrong direction. Repentance in our lives actually means doing a complete U-turn and heading in the opposite direction. It means heading towards Jesus rather than away from him. It means agreeing that in every area of our lives, our time management, our finances, our conversation, I can just keep going and going and going because it literally means everything. Jesus is in charge and we're not. He is the ruler and we're not. Jesus is Lord and we're not. Repentance is ultimately something that takes place in our hearts and minds, but it always, always results in transformed behaviour. See, the other part of Peter's response is physical baptism in water. The way it was seen, and sometimes I think we can miss it today, is that the one follows the other. You repent and you get baptised. You give your life to Jesus and you get baptised. The one always followed the other. And you know, here in the, the vineyard, we're a vineyard church, that we don't we don't do a lot of rituals. In fact, I don't think we ought to do any, but the, everything we do, from the refreshments to the way I share to how we do vineyard kids to, to everything, we try and do it bearing in mind those that have never been to church before, or those that would sit on the edge of church, and we try and create environments that, that allows people to connect quickly with community, but also allows them to clearly and easily understand and see something of Jesus. For, for us, religion and stuff like that just complicates what actually is very, very simple, that God loves you and God longs to have a relationship with you. But there are some things, there are some rituals that for... We, we want to stand in the continuity of the church for thousands of years, things like sharing the Lord's Supper, or things like we're going to do today, this thing called baptism. Baptism really is just a public declaration, an acknowledgement that we're surrendering our control to Jesus. And here, in a nutshell, is what baptism is. You know, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose from the dead. And that actually is represented in baptism. This is why we, when we, we baptise someone, what we're really saying is, Jesus died for them. Jesus was buried for them. Jesus rose 
from the dead for them and they love him and he loves them. That's why even in the act of baptism, we're showing Jesus' death and resurrection. Baptism demonstrates that the old way of life can die. That's repentance. It's the complete U-turn moment that we're freed from our slavery to sin, which sin is really just self-centered living. We're not saying that these people then suddenly become perfect. That may be just a moment of revelation for some of you. Um, or even that they, when they get baptized, that they are perfect people before that. Far from it. We're all saying we know and we acknowledge our need of Jesus, but we want to publicly declare it and acknowledge it. It's an outward sign of an inward change. You know, when I mentioned it earlier, but when a couple get married, they give and receive rings as a sign of that marriage. And in a similar way, baptism really is just a sign. It's a public confession of what they believe. So in a, in a short while, a few people um, are going to go backwards into the water, and that really symbolically says, I'm leaving behind my stuff. I'm believing behind my thinking that I'm right, and I'm leaving behind what the Bible calls sin, which is self-centered living. And I'm going to come up quite quickly, actually, so then panic, out of the water, washed. I come up in new life, and I come up because of the price that Jesus has paid for me on the cross. How symbolic, actually, that we should do that in a birthing pool that really shows and demonstrates something of new life. Let me just read it in the, in the Bible. It says this in um, Romans 6, verse 4. It says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may live new lives forever. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our own sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we also live with him. I just want to remind us this morning, all of us, of the significance of Jesus. He is our Lord and he is our Saviour. Who he is is a... It's a game changer, it's a life changer. He didn't just bring a message, he was the message, he still is the message. Jesus changes everything for us when we put our trust in him, when we choose to follow him. Our lives change. That's what we're going to celebrate this morning. Some of these guys will share stories of who we are and how we live starts to become aligned with him. There's this other little bit in the Bible, let me just read it to you. But uh, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. See, when we begin to follow Jesus, we're brand new people on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives them new life. They're not the same people anymore. They're not reformed or rehabilitated or re-educated. They're new creations. This isn't just merely turning over a new leaf. It's the beginning of a new life. But just for a moment, imagine that the God who created us and the God who loves us finds us becoming distant from him, choosing our own ways of living and settling from our own desires rather than his best for our lives. Us becoming distant from him, what does he do? Well, he buys us back. 
He sends Jesus as a ransom for us. He saves us. He creates a way for us to know him and have relationship with him if we choose. We were his in the first place because he created us. But now if we choose, we're doubly his. Think of the pride he has. The love that he lavishes on that restored relationship that he has with us. Well, today, the guys that are getting baptised have come to a moment in their lives where they acknowledge that. And they acknowledge Jesus not only as their saviour, but also as their Lord. And we want to celebrate that. You know, a number of you today, you'll, you'll have questions. I, some of the younger members of the church, they had questions already this morning. Will, will I get baptised? I think a number of you will have questions on the back of this. I want to say, kind of what Abby mentioned, there's a, there's a couple of things. Firstly, there's a brilliant little booklet called Why Jesus. You can take it free of charge as you leave. It really just tells you in a nutshell who he is and why it is that we follow him. And I'm delighted to say we've also got that in multiple languages. So that's going to be helpful. If, need that. Um, equally, one of us would love to chat with you about it. There'll be a number of people in this room. We'd love to create environments where people can explore Jesus. And again, Abby mentioned it, but there's this thing this week called Alpha starting on Wednesday night. A small group of people will meet in somebody's home, we'll have a meal together, and they'll share and discuss Jesus. And they'll ask questions. And a number of the people who share this morning, their story is actually that was the environment where they were first open to the idea of discovering who he was to help us understand the journey that people have been on in a moment i'm going to invite them to come and share some of these guys as i mentioned they're right at the start of their journey literally very very fresh decision for them what i do want to say is sharing anyway i think can be a bit overwhelming sharing as much as i love you all can be very overwhelming looking at people so they're going to need a bit of encouragement so first of all why don't we give a huge warm welcome to adam uh, good morning, everyone. I suppose it's rather biblical that Adam's going first. <laughs> and I'd just like to share my testimony with you all. Although I grew up in a secular household, I was raised with values that aligned with the Christian ethic. I've always had a, strength, a strong sense of right and wrong, but I always felt that something was missing. Before I became a Christian, I struggled with loneliness and depression, and I felt a deep sense of emptiness and was often paralysed by fear, often questioning whether life was really worth living and worried that this was all there was to it. Almost three years ago, I started to investigate various religions in search of the truth. I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. I wish I could say that I had a road to Damascus experience, but it was a long and difficult journey. I was drawn to Christianity by Jesus' message of love and the gospel of hope. I joined an online discussion forum about religion to discuss people's beliefs and at that point I was not an atheist. I was arguing with Christians all the time about their claims. But the more I learned, the more I felt my heart was with Christ, but my head wasn't. It was around that point I met a Christian girl on the forum. Despite me not being a believer, she had endless patience and kindness for the questions I had. She invited me to discuss any issues that I still had. Through endless late night discussions that went on far too late, my doubts and objections to Christianity faded as I reconciled a lot of my misunderstandings with what is actually taught in the Bible. I achieved feats that I previously never thought I was capable of. The girl I spoke to was an important part of my journey to Jesus, and I truly believe that God did bring us together as he allowed me to know him through her. I'm happy to say that she became the love of my life and is the woman I'm planning to marry. I began to embrace Jesus' teachings, but I still struggle to believe that Jesus could love and died on the cross for a sinner like me. I reached a point in my journey where someone asked me if I was a Christian, and I replied no as a knee-jerk reaction. 
That interaction played on my mind and weighed heavy on my heart, and it made me consider where I was going in my life. That night I had a genuine experience with God through the Holy Spirit, where I believe he used this moment to ask me to fully commit to him. It was this moment I truly believed that Jesus is Lord and gave my life over to him. I wanted to start living the right way, growing in my relationship with God, and to be baptised, which has led me here. I feel like being part of Manchester Vineyard has been monumental in my spiritual development. I remember the first time I attended and people seemed so kind, and I was shocked and wondering if they were trying to sell me something. <laughs> I realise now it wasn't that, and they truly just did want the best for me and to encourage my life in Jesus, and that's the kind of person I also want to be. I cherish the close friendships I've made, and the support and care which have shown me what living as a Christian in a community means, and I'm especially grateful for the support I've received during some quite difficult times recently. I look forward to being part of something bigger than myself in this church. My life has changed so much uh, since I became a Christian that anyone who knew me before would hardly recognise the man I've become from the man I was. My life has been transformed and is filled with so much love, happiness and richness and I'm blessed to have a new family in all of you. I'm not perfect, I never will be, but knowing that, that's okay and that this is a lifelong journey with Jesus at my side, through the victories and the failures, has given me so much comfort and hope. I'm eternally grateful for his blessings and grace. And anyone who's considering taking that jump, all I can say is that'll be the best decision you ever made, because I know it's the best decision I made. If you open the door, he will come in. I want to thank everyone who's been part of this journey, but most of all, I know it's not me that's done everything, anything. And all the glory belongs to God. Please, don't judge him for his choice of football team, but come on, come on, Shane. So good morning church, I am Michael, if you didn't already know. So before I was a Christian, I went to church back home with my family as I needed to go to church in order to go to a decent secondary school. But thank you mum for first introducing me to Jesus, which has been amazing. I almost felt really restricted when it came to this church, it almost felt like a chore more than a need. And then I distanced myself from a relationship with God for many years. But over the years I felt that there was something missing inside me, like I was almost broken and needed fixing. It felt like I was taking my own path but leading nowhere. Thankfully, um, he had a plan for me and introduced me to Naomi. Um, she then asked me to come along to Vineyard and I haven't looked back since. A few months then followed and I did attend a natural, naturally supernatural, which obviously you were at as well, and a lot of people from Vineyard, which is a Christian gathering. And the atmosphere was just unbelievable, nothing I've ever really experienced before. At the end of the night, I just felt this amazing energy come over me while we were worshipping. And I shouted at the top of my lungs, I'm a Christian! Um, and even though you did miss it, but I was like, um, oh, I wish you were there. And he was like, oh, to be fair, I probably heard you, to be fair. But, um, but yeah. And then that was when I just rededicated my life to the Lord. And it's still a gradual process. Of course, I'm still learning something new every day. And when it comes to my own spiritual journey, Vineyard has helped massively with that journey, especially through the pandemic, where I was invited to attend the Alpha course, which was really good, which then helped with various questions I had about my faith. I have to also thank Paul and Seth and the various people of the congregation who have just been so welcoming and inviting when I, when I first arrived. And I have to also thank Newbridge Church, which is in Wales, where Naomi's originally from, um, who have just helped massively with my growth as well. And Naomi's parents were great examples of finding the right calling within God, whether that be through worship, through servanthood, or just making a cup of tea on a Sunday. Um, and I know that God has a plan for me. Becoming a Christian has just given me a new lease of life. I, know, I now feel... Like, I speak with a confident heart that I know Jesus. And I would encourage anyone who's feeling lost or alone, empty or scared, that Jesus is there. 
and all it takes is a single conversation to start an amazing journey with God. decided that this would be the correct path for me. Being a teenager, I didn't really know myself. I was sort of like a shell of myself of who I am now. I'm pretty sure I had undiagnosed like ADHD and anxiety. Um, I've always said God's name, but I never truly knew what it meant, whether that was because I was annoyed with life or confused why, big, uh, why bad things happen to everyone. I started to look into faith firstly in my teens when my dad died just before, um, yeah, just before I was a teenager, I don't know why I say in my teens. So I looked into the supernatural and I got obsessed. I would say from around the ages of 12 to 23, uh, so like 11 years. And then a friend, Marco, thank you very much Marco, invited me into Alpha uh, online at Manchester Vineyard and it sparked my curiosity even further. I enjoyed the course and I found it extremely helpful. I received the Bible and I enjoyed it very much. I still am enjoying it. It made me want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and become the best version of myself. During the Alpha course, I said the words, I accept Jesus into my life after uh, an Alpha session actually finished. And I felt a surge of electricity and happiness and peace and then I cried. Uh, I couldn't help it and that was the weird thing, didn't know what happened to me. Um, since coming to know Jesus, I no, longer have a shell to, uh, I no longer have a shell to protect me. I know who I am, I'm very sure of myself and I have like no ego. Um, I have less worries because I know God will always be beside me. I'm more in touch with my purpose, I know I'm on track, I know what I'm meant to do and I'll stop at nothing to get there. This is my first time here in this church, but I want it to be one of many, and I want it to be—I want to be the best I can be. Uh, I feel like I have a lot to give, and I feel like I'm in touch with my higher self, and I can't wait for us to come either. Thank you. Can the um, guys just give the kids team a nudge? I think the kids are going to then wander out. Great, and uh, next, massive welcome, Catherine, come and join us. Hey, morning everyone. Um, so I was raised as a Christian, mainly by my dad. Um, I was baptised as a baby and confirmed in my teens, but without really ever understanding what any of it meant. There were points in my childhood when I did feel a closeness to God, uh, but overall I felt that God was distant, and I would only turn to him as a last resort when I really needed something. And I still feel ashamed about that, really. But um, as I entered my 20s, I began to see less and less why God was relevant to me in my life, sadly. Um, the faith that I had, which was already very little, grew cold. And I pulled away, um, just distracted by the busyness and worries of being a young adult at university in the 21st century. Uh, considered myself first an agnostic and then an atheist. Um, and the next 10 years were then 
incredibly dark and difficult. Um, I was extremely lonely, anxious and depressed. I experienced severe mental health issues and at times felt completely and utterly lost. Um, I set about destroying relationships that were important to me and that tied me to my Christian upbringing. Uh, I was incredibly self-destructive and instead put my hope and faith in relationships that failed, people that let me down, um, as well as partying in excess. Um, I didn't know what I was doing or understand at all what I was missing in order for me to feel happy and fulfilled. Um, so this was a very long journey and it all came to a head in 2019. Uh, I was travelling alone in Australia um, after a particularly anxious year involving a breakup. I moved to Charlton and teacher training, um, despite having just completed my teacher training, which was something that I thought I wanted, I still felt so empty and lost. Uh, Travelling was a way of distracting myself and pretending that I was getting better, when in reality I didn't know how to deal with my own brokenness. Um, thank you. To cut a long story short, um, I, felt, I felt bits while I was travelling um, and experienced a severe mental health crisis. Um, I was alone on the other side of the world from my family and friends, um, so I really isolated myself. Um, but it was in that moment uh, when I was at my like, absolute lowest and I didn't want to be alive anymore um, that I felt such a strong, powerful voice in my head just a real, real sense um, of someone telling me to just come home, which was Manchester, um, just turn back and come home, like you've come far enough, turn around, do a U-turn as you were saying. Um, and I knew then that, uh, <laughs> I knew then that, um, yeah, despite how lost and terrible I felt, and I thought I was at the end um, of everything, that it was the only thing that I needed to do and the only thing that would, that would save me. Um, and looking back now, of course, I realised that God was there for me with his forgiveness and kindness and just a surreal sense of peace in that absolutely worst of times. Um, and his comfort was there for me, um, despite me having wandered so, so far away from him for so many years. Um, so it's not something that I th think I ever deserved, um, but that is the kindness of, of God. Um, and it gets even better. <laughs> Um, so, because little did I know that um, I was returning to Manchester for a quite specific reason, actually. Um, as soon as I arrived back in Manchester, um, so the, yeah, the moment I arrived pretty much back in Charlton to my house share, um, I returned to an invitation from my housemate, Rebecca, who unfortunately, sadly, can't be here today, but I hope she's listening or will be able to listen. Um, and her invitation was, of course, to try a Manchester Vineyard Sunday gathering. Um, yeah, honestly, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> this invitation was, as I said, the first conversation I had moments after having arrived back in Charlton from my travels. And Rebecca, honestly, really had no clue. In fact, I think she's probably finding out for the first time now. Um, David can tell her. <laughs> um, she had no clue how I'd been feeling, that I'd basically been suicidal. Um, and yeah, how much I really needed the invitation to turn my life around. Um, and that invitation has changed my life. Um, and yeah, even before I committed to following Jesus, because I wasn't committed back then, he was already working in my life to heal and save me. Um, so yeah, on my first Sunday here, I just immediately felt at home um, at Manchester Vineyard. I felt so, so welcomed. Um, and I cried tears of relief during worship. And again, when Rebecca prayed for me, 
at the end. Um, I just knew that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. And despite all the tears, I felt such a sense of belonging and joy that I actually hadn't experienced in years and years. Um, so committing my life to Jesus has been a very gradual process. Uh, I think a lot's been holding me back that I've been working through, but um, it all started with that first Sunday gathering and then the Alpha course, which was amazing with Hettle um, in the following weeks. Um, I think, yeah, during that time, I definitely felt a deep sense of peace. Um, but the more I've given of my time, energy and resources to this church, the more I've seen how Jesus works, not only in my life, but also in others' lives too. Um, I've loved helping with the 422 Vineyard Project and seeing its impact so far. Uh, my mental health is definitely improving. There's no way I would have stood here two, three years ago. Um, I'm more confident, much more confident. Um, I take way more risks for Jesus and many of my relationships are now so much more meaningful. Uh, my friends, those who aren't Christians, um, have said that I seem happier, and I really am. Um, I'm also a kinder, more patient person, and I feel so much more purposeful now. Um, yeah, so I'm a secondary school teacher now, um, and I just feel that my role um, is now a calling from God to help others and show them Jesus and serve them a way forward. Um, so if I'm ever having a bad day at work, I just remind myself of why I'm there. It's really all for him and all because of him. Um, I would never have had the confidence either to move away for a teaching job in Portsmouth last year during the pandemic if I didn't think that Jesus was in it. Um, I had no promise of ever coming back, uh, but he got me through another very difficult and lonely time uh, when I had to move away from Manchester, very sadly. Uh, but this time it was different because I knew his presence. Um, I prayed a lot, I spent a lot of time with him, and that is what got me through. And I don't know if it's that obedience or what, but he's brought me back here, um, which is absolutely amazing, thanks to a job opening at a school where I previously worked in Manchester. Um, I was selected for the job even before the retirement teacher had handed their notice in. Um, so that was just amazing, because I really don't rate myself that much as a teacher. Um, it's nice that others do. But um, I know absolutely for sure that God was in this. Um, so, yeah, there's no way I could have done any of this without him. This is not me. Um, <laughs> it's an absolute blessing that I now get to live, work and serve in this city and also get baptised today and be part of this amazing community. Um, certainly don't take it for granted. And I'm in absolutely no doubt that this is my spiritual home. Um, and that's why I want to be baptised here today. Um, in my journey so far, I feel that I have gradually been released from my very troubled past and I finally feel able to step into everything that has God for me, uh, that, <laughs> everything that God has for me. Um, so if anyone is ever feeling lost, broken or alone, I would encourage them to look no further than Jesus as he's just been so, so kind to me. Thank you. set adjustment there. Well, last but by no means least, why don't we welcome Lavinia. Hello, my name is Lavinia and I was born in a Christian family and raised in a Christian environment. I would love to share this poem with all of you about God and what he means to me. God is life and not death. He is light onto my path. He is light in my heart and makes everything right. He is love, hope, and faith. 
There are things see we um these are things we could never create. I may not be perfect in all thy ways, but he will never leave me astray. He doesn't give up on me even when I sin. He forgives me and gives me peace. He makes me happy when I'm sad and comforts me when things are bad. I believe that Jesus can um I believe that Jesus can and um can and die for all of all so we could live so we may live um i just can't wait for that day when i see his face to face when then i'll be able to thank him for everything including today because i couldn't share this you my faith with you These guys. Let me explain there what we're going to do. Firstly, um, we're going to back, we're going to wander through. The kids are already out there. If you have children who are signed into the kids groups, could you leave them signed into the kids groups? They will sort their own thing. Then you'll see them afterwards. Then after that, we're going to come back in here to sing a final song of celebration. Then we're going to invite those that have been baptised just to come and stand at the front, and a number of us come and pray for them. You, might be friends, family, come and, come and join them, come and gather around them. It'll be a bit like a, a rugby scrum. And then uh, some of you might have words and pictures for them. Obviously, feel free to, to share them. Does that sound all right? So that's what we're going to do. So it'll take a little bit of a while. There's enough space to spread out because we may want to spread out in this day and age. Um, but let's just make our way through and uh, the kids will be already out there. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.